Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester, arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to another edition of Worcester Culture Watch. I'm your host, Victor Infante, entertainment editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. And I'm here with reporter Craig Seaman. Hi, Craig. Hey, uh, Victor. It's always an honor and a privilege to sit down and talk to you. <laughs> Good to see you, too. And today we're going to take stock of where the arts and entertainment scene of 2018 has left us, both locally and nationally, and look ahead a bit of what we can expect in 2019. And Craig, I just remembered... I saw air supply last year. <laughs> that seems like something that happened a thousand years ago, but no, it happened last year. <laughs> Maybe you can answer that immortal question. What is worse, being all out of love or making love out of nothing at all? Certainly making love out of nothing at all. <laughs> Although I will, I will, I will concede. I, I, many years ago, I did a, a um, article, a list of songs that were actually worse than Bonnie Ray, uh, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> and all out of love, or not all out of love, um, making love out of nothing at all was actually on that list. And I had to apologize in my review because I was sitting there singing the song out loud with everybody else. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. We know the songs. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm singing the song joyously at the top of my lungs like everybody else at the Hanover Theater. And go Air Supply. What are, well, I, I, <laughs> what I, mean, I have lost all my cool points. I like Air Supply. <laughs> well, recently I was singing, uh, and I, I shouldn't admit this, especially when this is being recorded, but I was singing... Uh, when you find yourself between the moon and New York City, Christopher Cross, author's theme, got Carol Bear Sagan, mm-hmm. Burke Bacharach had a hand in it because uh, one of our coworkers loves uh, Christopher Cross. I won't say who it is. Oh, that poor soul. Yeah. <laughs> That's his mellow music, sailing in his mellow music. And I remember when Cross cleaned up at the Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. Which was crazy. And he's one of those guys that it's like, oh, nice cover of a flamingo. And then you see what he looked like. It's like, okay, that's why we're seeing a picture of a pink flamingo. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Now, okay, Air Supply obviously stood out for me last year. What stood out for you last year? Uh, concerts wise, or uh, why don't we start with concerts there? Okay, well, I I did cover, I did go to a lot of shows uh, um, last year, and I did come up with a little bit of a list, and uh, and no, any not in any order, more than fact when it happened. One of the shows that stuck out, you two, of course. Uh, I mean, you two. No. Where was that again? This was at the TD Garden, and they also played okay. a Mohegan Sun. Also, right. uh, which I, I did last show of the U.S. leg of the tour was at Mohegan Sun, and I actually caught the last show. It was that good? And uh, this is this was the fourth, third, third tour in four years. They 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 don't stop. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it was it was exciting. Uh, um, U2 played Acrobat, the only track from Arc Tongue Baby that they had never played live before, and, mm-hmm. it, and it killed. And uh, Bono resurrected his devilish alter ego, McFisto, mm-hmm. that uh, came and went during the final leg of the Zuropa Tour in 93. But what was so exciting about the show was it's been a while since Bono has been, got, been relevant to what's been going on in the world. This is very true. Yeah, I mean, you can only take pot shots at Ronald Reagan for so long before people get tired of that and yeah. 
at Sheldon Heston, and he went full throttle uh, when he was doing. He was uh, paraphrasing "Sympathy for the Devil" and saying, and saying, "I was there in Charlotte with the Nazi flags and the KKK." And and uh, before going through acrobat, and then when he did that. Uh, their first hit, Pride in the Name of Love. Of course. He was screaming in a megaphone, this is not America, showing the torch car- tiki torch-carrying white supremacists. And then yeah. then we cracked to the Martin Luther King mm-hmm. footage, and then he's yelling, this is America. And it was very powerful. Yeah, that that, that sounds like an incredible moment, actually. Yeah, it, it was great. And then uh, we had, of course, uh, Taylor Swift, Mm-hmm. Uh, who uh, delivered her biggest, boldest, most ambitious, and baddest, in a good way, tour yet. And the great thing is she has a relationship with Foxborough. That was where she did her first stadium, sold-out stadium tour. Okay. And she played three nights, 150,000 seats <laughs> by the time it was over. So, I mean, I mean, God bless her on that. She, and she's still, she's on top of the game. Well, yeah, and that, that um, I have not watched the um, concert video that was made from that on Netflix, that tour on, Net- that's no, on Netflix. No, have I yet. Um, I hear it's actually really impressive. Um, again, I have not seen Taylor Swift. I did listen to the new album. Yeah. And I kind of liked the new album. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's okay. I, I, people were freaking out that she got snubbed by the Grammys, but I don't personally think it rose to Grammy level. And on the same time, you can't really feel bad for her. No, no. <laughs> you know, she is, has the money. She has all the money. She has 10, ten <laughs> Grammys. I yeah. mean, and, uh, you know, she, and as I was saying in the review, she doesn't have to write another song in her own. No life. She it's has true. so many songs in her catalog that they love. It's true. And and at the show, she actually played ten songs from yeah. Reputation, which she really. Yeah, didn't I have. actually liked the. I liked her. I don't know if evolution is the right word, but shift in direction right. on that album. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. That said, I don't necessarily think it was the yeah. best album ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that was all because of something Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> but we, yeah. But we could talk about them. And uh, let's uh, rattle off real quick. The radio, Radiohead did uh, two shows at TD Garden. Okay. And uh, even though uh, Tommy uh, York looked like Ed Grimley <laughs> from uh, SCTV and Sunday Live, the band still is top-notch, and uh, they have no equals. Um Fenway, we had two big shows, uh, Foo Fighters mm-hmm. and Pearl Jam, also great shows. Um, in, in Here in Worcester, okay. we did have Sugarland. Excellent. After, after the DCU Center. Yeah, uh, returning after a five-year hiatus from the concert stage. Uh, and the highlight of that, which you would not have expected going into the show, was uh, Sugarland, Jennifer Nettles, and... Christian Bush joining uh, their openers, Frankie Ballard and Lindsay L. doing a joyous cover of Let's Go Crazy by Prince. That Prince would have loved. Excellent. I mean, it captured. I mean, enough I mean, enough people have been doing Purple Rain, and Purple sure. Rain's a great sh- song, but but this song just cap- captured the energy and the joy of music. That, 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 that sounds like it was an exciting moment there. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, just briefly, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Delivered again. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our faves, Elvis Costello, of again. Uh, and then we had um, uh, Ghost 
<laughs> which, as I, I, I said in a tweet, catchy as the bubonic plague and cute and cuddly as a flea on the hind leg of a rat. And uh, this band is going to be big stuff. They're going to be touring in Europe next year with Metallica or Stadium Tours. Mm. So I think 2019 is going to be a big year for them. And one, one other thing, uh, 2018, I might be a late bloomer on this, but um, I fell in love with Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun this year. Yeah, no, you were saying that earlier. What 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 sold you there? I had a uh, the nine inch. I, so I go to the nine inch nail show. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal, and uh, they were messing up the uh, changing the set list every night. They could, and they didn't play a perfect drug, <laughs> which I wanted to hear. So I'm, I'm I'm pondering going the next day. I could, and I found a good ticket on uh, Ticketmaster. I'm like, do I want to deal with the traffic? And someone there told me, oh, Alanis Morissette is playing a Mohegan. I'm like, oh, really? She's not touring. She's married to a Sturbridge guy. Maybe she's us in the area. I actually did not know that. Oh, yeah. She married a Tantaster Regional High School, a Soli. Oh. Um, and uh, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned things. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, well, I haven't seen Alanis for a while. And the thing that saw me is it's an hour drive from Worcester, downtown Worcester, mm-hmm. S- straight drive, easy to get to, ample free parking. They've been doing well with the roster, and it's a great concert venue, 10,000 seats. Yeah. yeah. And you can't beat that. And, I, and during this year, I saw Alanis there. I saw Britney Spears there, who still delivers the best stripper show with no nudity. <laughs> uh, the Smashing Pumpkins, who were absolutely smashing. So that's when I decide, do you want to deal with the hustle and bustle of Boston, especially with all the uh, construction they're doing? I've been going to Mohegan. So those that's roughly encapsulates uh, the, the concert season for 2018. Definitely, definitely. And I, 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 I got to admit, I do almost, I'm so busy these days, I almost do not make it to a show unless I am re- reporting on it. Um, in it <laughs> or hosting it. <laughs> There's re- really no in between. There's very few little I just go to anymore because I just don't have the time. Right, absolutely. I just don't have the time. Oh, it anymore. does take time. And it, it somehow, as you get older, time just sort of vanishes. I don't know <laughs> where it goes. But um, I did enjoy, I mean, I did enjoy the shows that I did see for the, um, mostly for the Telegram and Gazette. Um, you know, I just like, I get a chance. I just reviewed. Which Thank was a great show. Thank you. Yeah, Diana Krall was probably the technically best show I saw. All yeah. Year. I mean, there was just absolutely no no getting around just how amazingly talented that woman was. I had actually, the other, though, giving it a run for its money, also at the Hanover Theater, like literally the week before, um, Pink Martini, World Music and Jazz and Lounge Music and Combo. And it was fantastic. It was the second time I'd seen them. Right. With um, different lead singers. Oh. Um, so I was very curious to see how it would work with different lead singers. And both versions are incredible. Well, they got, they got that down packed. They know what they're Oh, they doing. do. Yeah. They really do. They are absolutely amazing. I've also you know, saw a fair amount of interesting hip-hop at the, <laughs> um, at the um, Palladium amongst more local acts later. Right. Um, I really, it's funny because it's like hip-hop, in Worcester is in the spotlight right now. And I think we'll use that as a segue in a second to talk about albums and videos. But um, 
and it's really because of Joyner Lucas. Absolutely. And if we're going to, his um, Going Away concert, his um, was at the Palladium in 2017, actually. I mean, since then, there have been acts like Method Man and Red Man and Ja Rule have played there and others. Um, and they've been great shows, and they've been packed. Right. You know, I didn't actually see the arrest at the Jaw Rule show. <laughs> um, you couldn't see it from the front of the house, whatever happened. Right. Um, but, um, you know, like, I got to say, you know, I was enjoying myself, and people were enjoying themselves there. And that seems to be more and more of that coming to Worcester, which I'm actually excited about. But no, Joyner's really the star. He doesn't have a new album out. He made a lot of headlines with the video, I'm Not Racist. Absolutely, yes. Um, which actually came out in 2017 at the end there again. Um, but um, the what was really exciting with him was his collaborations with other artists, such as Chris Brown and more, probably most importantly, Eminem. Yes. Um, which, of course, he's got the, a Grammy nomination Grammy for. Grammy nomination and his... And a good ch- a good chance for yeah, him to win it. Definitely, definitely. And if we're looking ahead, I mean, it's a really crowded field. Yeah. Hip hop, hip hop's a really crowded field this year. There's a lot of great stuff going on and a lot of industry darlings. But I think he's in with a shot. I think people uh, people really responded to the um, the um, lucky you was the, right. was the song. I think people really responded to that, and I think. He's on his way to becoming probably the most successful artist, musical artist out of Worcester right. in memory. Um, certainly since. My, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know we can actually. Yeah, I didn't mean uh, to <laughs> dump this on you, but yeah, I know you've yeah, got something. Uh, yes. Uh, and we're talking about a, a Matt Scannell from yep. uh, Vertical Horizon, a Worcester boy, uh, who. Um, 20 years ago, uh, anniversary this year, Everything You Want, uh, his uh, breakthrough album on RCA was released. And in 2000, the, the single, became, which was actually the second single off the album, mm-hmm. uh, became the most listened to uh, song of 2000 and topped uh, Billboard's Top 100 and uh, um, another chart, I believe, the American uh, Adult Contemporary chart. Probably. Yeah, so I mean that's not shabby. No, and not Matt, at all. Matt is one of the nicest guys you uh, could meet, and he's actually talking about our Mohegan Sun Foxwoods. Uh, he's playing at the Wolf Den Foxwoods Saturday. It's a free show. It's worth checking him out. He's the nicest guy, and he still has the voice. And he still sounds great, and he has a stellar new album. And he's also playing uh, Sunday at the City Winery, which which, which is, is a Great venue. Great venue, but uh, you got snow and a uh, and, uh, Patriots game to deal with. They're actually going on like... Uh, oh, man, that's going to be huff. But in any case, we do have an inter- your interview with Matt and uh, Friday's Worcester Telegram and Gazette. You can read that in the paper or online on telegram.com. Um, a couple other artists that I thought were really... Put out some really noteworthy work this year. Um, we talked about Joyner, but I think... If we're talking Worcester hip-hop, there's really two artists for me that I just get excited about over and over and over again, and I think with good reason, because they keep putting out new work that's exciting. Um, First off would have to be Ghost of the Machine. Worcester rapper, he put out a couple great videos this past year, one of which um, Esco said um, um, paired him with rapper Skyzoo, He's also got a collaboration with a um, Spanish rapper, and that 
that was just some really, really exciting work. The song was called The Definition, was the video that he put out. Um, he's also got a collaboration, an album with Florida producer and um, DJ, um, DJ Proof. Um, together they are called Heroes for Hire. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. He's been, he's been putting out some consistently great work that's just that's fun. It's, it's got a real relevance both to his community and to the art form as a whole. It's really exciting and vibrant stuff. Um, another one that came out of Worcester, or the Worcester area, actually, Hopedale, to be more precise. Hopedale. Wow. Hopedale. Straight out of Hopedale. <laughs> um, is very dear to this show's heart, DJ Manipulator. Yes. Um, who's, of course, created our theme music. He's got an album, a uh, mixtape out, excuse me, um, called The Synth Tape, which was easily, probably technically the best album I listened to last oh. year. It right. is phenomenally phenomenally vibrant. It is all just samples of synthesizer music. And he creates this incredibly rich ta ex tapestry that you just can't stop listening to. It's, it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And in a year when you know, old standbys, musicians from both locally and from around the region, um, Ruby Rose Fox, right. Walter Sickert and the Army of Broken Toys... Jeff Fulcalt, you know, they put out some incredible work that was worth listening to. That was one that just kept standing out at me as there was nothing else right. like it anywhere. And I'm just so really, really excited now, to hear about that. Now, does DJ manipulate? Does he play out a lot? He does, actually, though. Um, he plays a lot or performs a lot when you do see him with um, rapper Lou Gons from here in Worcester. Okay. Um, you'll see it, and they do record albums together, too. I've written about those a few times. Um Often you'll just see him playing with behind other rappers. Um, for instance, on Joyner Lucas's Going Away tour, when he was right. la launched his 508 tour at the Palladium, Manipulator played behind all of the opening rappers. Oh, okay. So there was like 10 opening rappers, and Manipulator just stayed <laughs> on stage and, and, and played beats behind all of them. Wow. I mean, it's really incredible. I mean, there's a strong... Seen and a lot of great rappers coming out of Boston right now. I mean, I was just at the Boston Music Awards. I saw Oompa play. I saw Cliff Notes play. You know, I've listened, I've been fans of both of their work for and a little while. And congratulations on your nomination, Victor. Thank you very being much. Being nominated is as important as being the winner. Yeah, well, <laughs> being the winner is a little better. <laughs> no, no, I, um, I did, I did um, get nominated for uh, favorite music journalist in the most recent Boston Music Awards. I did not win. I'm quite content to give that honor to Nina Corcoran. I had Dig Boston. She does, she does fantastic work over and over again. Um, but yeah, it's a really good year. And there's been a really good year for hip hop. And it's just, but I think that spark just keeps coming out of Worcester. And I think what's really more important isn't just that the music, the scene is that good here, it's that it's increasingly exporting. Right. Because it's one thing to have a great scene that, that if you're come to Worcester, you know about it and you can find it. It's another thing to be sending your music elsewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, with with go joiner, with people discovering, with artists being able to go out and work with art, artists in other parts of the world, and the, the internet makes that a little easier. Right. You know, go shot that video in um, for the for the definition in Spain. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one, Leon Legacy put out a wonderful video called for um, I'm a Be Me, <laughs> or I'm a Do Me. That was the name of the song. 
Um, he is now down in Atlanta. He has he has taken away for a little bit, but um, it's good to see these Worcester these Worcester right. rappers really getting out there and you know doing the work and getting their music out. I think it's well, incredible. Isn't it amazing how Worcester is becoming like the hip hop nation of? Uh it's, New England? <laughs> it really is. And, and part of it is it's tied to other, you know, parts of the same community. We, we have sort of the same scene as Southbridge, you know, s- sort of the same scene as Lowell kind of moving right. this way. But, um, yeah, it's a little independent. It's part of the greater Boston hip-hop scene, right. but it's also kind of more independent. And I think a lot of it is just the culture of Worcester, where you – in. Everything is so cut, and I think this is true in a lot of why a lot of great music ends up here. And right, you know, a lot of great from Boston, but Boston is a cutthroat place to be an artist. Right, it's oh, it's very difficult to live there. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's very difficult. You fight for gigs. Um, a lot of the major venues won't even put on hip hop shows. Right, for whatever their reasons are. Um, it's 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 a weird, hard sort of scene, and Worcester things are. You know, even though things are getting more gentrified and getting more expensive, it's still a far easier place to function as an artist. And I really think a lot of artists from the (laughs) surrounding region are kind of coping to copping to that, and things are starting to drift this way a little bit, which is good as long as the the emphasis remains on creativity and on creating work and pushing each other to make better work, and not this cutthroat competition that comes from, you know. Well, this seems, to be, this like seems to be a strong camaraderie between. I think so too. Well. I think so too. I really do. I, I you know, I, 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 think I worry sometimes about the effects of, you know, let's call it what it is, gentrification and yeah. everything that's coming in. You know, we see venues have to fight, raise more money because their rents get higher. Right. You know, um, living costs get ex- more expensive. These are things I'd rather I'd rather think about them in advance and create strategies for artists right. or for people really <laughs> for journalists <laughs> to survive here without before it's a problem. I don't like to wait till things are a crisis. Right. And I'm glad to see Worcester artists thinking along the same, along the same lines, you know, so that's a really good thing. Right. It's a really good thing because I think a lot of people and artists in Somerville and Cambridge, they thought their sort of idyllic paradise would last forever, and then suddenly everything became <laughs> oh yeah, it's amazing. Really expensive, yeah. and they were being pushed out of spaces. And I think that's something that I think as 2019 rolls on, we're going to see a little bit more flow this way of some of that because there's still a lot of great spaces here. Right. You know, there's still a lot of great venues. I'm very sorry about the Cove. We're talking about major events yeah, last year, yeah. but yeah, um, the Cove closing down was kind of a tragedy <laughs> yeah no i mean that's the history there alone i mean i mean the stones of course of course uh joe cocker and that's jay Eddie, giles jay giles i mean giles was more a tammany hall man but uh they definitely played there enough shows at sir morgan's i mean it, it's a legendary club mm. and uh it's a shame to see any music yeah institution or any club closed down and that's not coming back no. i mean uh ted uh the owner or the guy who uh ted left, Kisner. yeah i can't uh he uh, has plans with his place uh drafters yep in and dudley dudley which i actually nice place actually oh, sure, sure yeah i went there uh the other day uh actually watched a patriots game there and a great food it's actually pretty easy to go get to it's in the middle of dudley yeah and there's a big room and uh, 
we'll see where he goes with that. I mean, and I'm I sure think- it's I'm sure it's going to be fine. There's a lot of fantastic venues in the area surrounding Worcester. That yeah. that being one of them, and of course, you know, Starlight and Southbridge and right. Um, actually, I, I want to make a plug for Strong Style Coffee in Fitchburg, which is just turning into some. I just did a gig up there, and that was fun. That place was great. Now, uh, uh, well, I, I think you know this, but uh, North Central Mass used to, and I think they still do, have a great poetry scene. Um, they do. There's still a number of, of small readings. Um, yeah. There is, of course, um, the Seven Hills Writers Collective. Have I got that right? The Writers Group, something like that. Um, I've gone up and done things for them, so I should remember that. <laughs> um, I am losing my mind and my memory in my old age. Um, but there's still some absolutely wonderful writers up there, some wonderful wonderful poetry scenes. Um, it's a little quiet, but I think I think Fitchburg is going to start shaking things up a little bit. Mm. That's a, that was a really raucous room, and I loved cool. it. It's a real, <laughs> real listening crowd, too. Yeah. So it was a neat mix, neat mix yeah. of stuff. But yeah, so uh, what else in 2018, really quick in our last few minutes well, here, do you think we I should... Well, uh, I mean, we mentioned the Cove, of course. Uh, we did lose a major uh, rock and roller, Jimmy D'Angelo, Indeed. Uh, worth mentioning. Uh, also in uh, Worcester uh, in 2018, um, an actor with very particular set of skills took a month-long residence filming the action thrower Honest Thief in the mean streets of Worcester. I'm talking. Oh, I'm talking. Of course, about Liam Neeson, and um, who plays a bank robber who tries to live an honest life, only to find out that the feds are more corrupt than he is. I always hate when that happens, but it was amazing. I mean, there was some. This was like a month long shoot, as you recall. They filmed a bank heist at the old Worcester Auditorium. Uh, a car chase, which I. Uh, videotaped and tweeted, and I'm sure they weren't happy with that, uh, where a Boston police cruiser at the intersection of Salisbury and Lancaster Street got hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our, our great photographers, Ashley, uh, caught a, a fisticuffs outside of AC Hotel by Marriott on Front Street, and uh, they had a meeting at uh, Liam uh, Neeson's character had a meeting with the FBI in an FBI safe house on Castle Street. So, although it's too early to say if Honest Thief will replace American Hustle as the best movie filmed in Worcester, Liam Neeson's popcorn flick is certainly the movie with the most shooting days in Worcester. That is definitely true, though. Both movies really ate the city in their time. There, <laughs> so. which, I, is, which is fun. It's fun. And, it's, you know, it's, there's still remnants of both of the films around. So Yeah, and I, and I did reach out to some people uh, across the street at City Hall. I'm saying, first off, you should have gave the guy a key to City. <laughs> but second off, you got to get that movie to premiere in Worcester. That, we haven't been able to pull that yet. I mean, Hanover Theater, give them whatever they want. I mean, just do it. I mean, and another thing of note is uh, Hanover Theater, which I just mentioned, celebrated their 10th year anniversary. Mm-hmm. God bless these guys. And what better way to do it than with Tony Bennett? Uh, you really can't go wrong with Tony Bennett there, can you? <laughs> yeah. And one thing that's more probably something personal to me. Um, this year's uh, Rock and Shock for me topped uh, uh, the coolest pairing they have ever had. In 2016, they had Ray Santiago and Dana Delenzro 
Pablo and Kelly, respectively, of uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And this year, big thrill for me, they had Twin Peaks, Bad Boys, Bobby Briggs, and James Hurley, a.k.a. actors Dana Ashbrook and James Marshall. Now, if you were a Twin Peaks fan, that was a big deal. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I remember all the, t- all the tweets of people in the Red Room. <laughs> yeah, and that was the best thing. They, they had a Red Room set up by uh, a, a group called Feature Presentation, which was to die for. And they actually bringing their Red Room back to Bancor, Maine, I think in March, for uh, uh, Audrey Horn and uh, <laughs> and Kimmy Robinson and uh, uh, Deputy Andy. So that's interesting. I, it's a four-hour drive. I'm already planning to call it. So. There you go. But, <laughs> yeah, and of course, we don't have all the details of upcoming festivals in the area, though we do know that there will be an outdoor concert series at the Palladium this year that's going to be right. kicked off with Papa Roach. Um, we, of course, have Rock and Shock. We have um, Woot Nanny Comedy Festival. We'll have Start on the Street. We'll have Pow Wow Worcester. We'll have all of these things to look forward to. And I am looking forward to all of them almost as much as I am looking forward to Avengers Endgame. So, <laughs> because I am that nerd. But anyways, we have... Oh, <laughs> you can't see this from where we are, where you're sitting, because we don't do the Facebook Live thing or anything with this. But Craig is just pulled out a Captain Marvel Barbie doll? If that is actual that's an actual Barbie doll, isn't it? Uh, it's 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 a twelve inch doll. I don't know if I don't think it's in the Barbie line, but it it is a good likeness of Brie it re- Larson. It really is. And it's actual size. We're, we are going to have to tweet this. We will tweet this and we will put it out on the TG Pop Culture Twitter. Yeah, but uh, it's definitely gonna be a, a, a interesting year for Captain Marvel. Definitely, definitely <laughs> a lot exciting coming up. But well that wraps up another edition of Worcester Culture Watch. You can follow our entertainment coverage regularly in the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and online at telegram.com. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. Thanks for listening. <laughs>